My name's Patty. I co-host a podcast called No Crying in Baseball with my friend Potty Mouth. That's me. We are two women of a certain age with reading glasses and really strong opinions about baseball and baseball boyfriends. Fuck yeah. And we drink beer while we're talking about it. One of us swears, one of us doesn't. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or find us wherever you find your podcasts. Give us a listen. Welcome back to Dame It All to Hell. What a week. Lots to talk about. And we are excited about the safety of women in politics for the first time since we started this thing. Thank you, Doug Jones. But before we get into all the nitty gritty, it's time for our big thank you to Campaigns and Elections for sponsoring our little podcast. Little for now. Hope you all got your entries in. Or you still have till midnight tonight. We're recording this on a Friday, but you're not going to hear it until tomorrow. So... It's relevant. Hope you got your entries in. Now it's time to make sure you are registered for the conference. Bonus, you'll get to be there for our first ever live podcast. You are not going to want to miss Kelly get all heated and red when we disagree on what women wear. Just kidding. We're totally going to talk about guns. Oh, man. Don't tease, Tracy Dietz. <laughs> Visit campaignsandelections.com for all the details. So on to today. And we are so excited to officially say there are no pedophiles in the United States Senate that we know about. Exactly. Uh, Since our last recording, there's been a short list of newly identified predators. And I'm sad about this one because I do a lot of work in Florida, but Congressman Hastings, Alcee Hastings, seems to have paid a woman north of $200,000 after a sexual harassment claim. It's a lot of money. Do we know what he did? Uh, no, not yet. It's not out. Um, and we also didn't talk about Congressman Cahewan from um, from Nevada, Democrat from Nevada, which we'll talk about. So a staffer came out, a former finance staffer came out saying that he had that the congressman had sent her a handful of texts or said some sort of weird stuff. He would say our candidates. She texted her girlfriend. Our candidate says randomly creepy things for me to me sometimes. And then he put his hand on my thigh a couple times. And he asked me a weird question once if I'd, if I'd ever cheated on my boyfriend, said he would take me out if I didn't work for him. And um, the Democrats are sort of split. Nancy Pelosi and um, Ben Ray Lujan have come out as calling for his immediate resignation, but he has not admitted sexual harassment yet. And so Congressman, I think it's Congressman Hoyer, has said there should be some process to this. We should have some due process, which Tracy Dietz and I have talked a little bit about before. I completely agree. There has to be process. And, and our entire country was not completely founded, but we have... We have something in this country called innocent until proven guilty. And I know it's sort of women's time to shine and it's important and we have been hammered and not listened to and not believed and put up with a lot of shit for a lot of years. But there still has to be due process in some capacity. Other, if we just start saying everybody's guilty until proven innocent, that's going to change the nature of everything. Yeah, so Women are protected because there are laws. Yeah. I feel like for me, it's a couple things. It's... If this comes out, when this comes out and has its due process, it seems like there's going to be some evidence of, quote, unquote, sexual harassment. If there are text messages, if this woman sort of documented, at least in cell phone text message form, the experience she was having with the congressman. The question is, off-color comments 
and a hand on your thigh, which is physical, right? So it steps over the boundary a little bit. Is that on the spectrum of assault and harassment, does that warrant resignation from a job on behalf of the congressman? Or does it warrant some other punishment? So five weeks ago, I would have said, fuck everybody. Yes. All of you should go to jail. Yeah. Uh, I'm struggling with this. And I struggle with the zero tolerance policy because I think that there are all instances in when instances which humans make bad choices. They may not necessarily be bad people, but they make bad choices. And is this guy a creepy predator that's a terrible person? I, I have no idea. Right. And these his bad things- choices were made in a vacuum of a culture where it wasn't a bad choice. Now, that is objectively, unmistakably wrong. Correct. Right. It has to be wrong for a man in power to make passes at a, an employee and not have some repercussion for it. And, you know, maybe maybe it should be that we all just start over, you know, a fresh set of non-creepy men in these offices. But the question is, yes, we are stoked that there's not a pedophile in the United States Senate. Yes. But one guy that made off-color jokes, where 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 does the line fall? And then who gets to decide the fucking line? Yeah. There's no there's no judge and jury on this thing. There isn't. But I think this is where women can have a huge impact on this. I think we can help make and draw lines moving forward in by, the future. By what? By, so I guess I, what I didn't see is what this former staffer would like to happen to the congressman. If that was me and I came out post Harvey Weinstein, post, um, you know, all these Conyers, post Franken, because it happened to me and I felt like it was important for that world to be for that experience to be in the world. How would I feel if the congressman lost his job because of it? So it's interesting that I would you have say guilt. that. I would I, have guilt You about absolutely that. would. And, and so you and I have talked off the podcast about a story that has happened to me. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to get into spe- super specifics because, again, I don't want to – I don't want to harm this person, but there is someone I know that is running for office that has absolutely slapped me on the ass a couple of times here and there in in a in a context of a hey how's it going just kind of being funny and I tolerated it and I never made it clear to him that that behavior was inappropriate and that he shouldn't shouldn't have done it. I was very young at the time, um, and you know he said some off color things to me as recent recently as two years ago. There is zero chance I will go to the press with this. There's because I'm not sure he realized he was being as awful as when I think back about it now, it's awful. And when I tell the story, people are like, that is awful. That never should have happened. And I know my bar's high compared to everybody else's, but it's just not like I don't feel like it warrants him being called out and destroying his career. Right. A life his- a lifelong of working to get. And perhaps he'll be a good legislator to the people of what, wherever he's running. And the question, yeah, the question is, is there space for women to feel like they can call these men out? And it's important to have that dialogue in, you know, out loud. And it's, por- it's important to be respected for being able to do that. And also the space for a man to confront that, that experience and but not be punished in a way that is ending of a career. And here I am completely flip-flopping. It's usually Tracy's thing to flip-flop. And I it's hard. And just one This is yeah, all hard. Just one podcast ago I was I was zero tolerance. I mean I'm I still feel like I'm zero tolerance. My just question is, should there be a floor and a ceiling 
to the zero tolerance, which I realize undercuts the idea of zero tolerance. But yes, I find it to be very confusing. Here's one thing that I think would be amazing is, well, I think when you're talking about a person in a position of power over a subordinate, it's just it, it, that is very different than colleague to colleague or vendor to client. Like all of those things are very different. But even men in a position of power, if they say something off color, it would be awesome if women could just say, listen, I don't like it when you say things like mm-hmm. that. Could you just stop? Mm-hmm. And there would be no repercussions. The guys would just be like, yeah, I got it. Sorry. Totally didn't realize. That's was... assuming there would be a response like that. So that like, would be we awesome. Can talk, we'll move on from this to Congressman Barthold and what has happened to one of his oh. his survivors. But I, I think that I think now we're in a place where men and even grown older men, you know, are ready to hear that they're acting inappropriately. I think I that maybe, and I'm not quite sure when the Kihuan incident happened, but it was certainly pre-Harvey Weinstein. Like, the incidents happened when when there wasn't the space, the opportunity to be saying to the congressman, like, not only do I not cheat on my boyfriend, but that is a ridiculous thing to say to me. So just don't touch me on my thigh anymore. You know, don't just, I'll, I'm going to do really good work for you, but this is unwanted. I mean, he would have, he would have been mortified. He would have been made to feel uncomfortable and insecure, and he probably would have canned her. So the question is, has that changed? Maybe. Maybe the, maybe this culture is actually changing men a little bit, too. Oh, because well, God, let's I think that there, so. there are men out there that have never done some of these things. Yeah, they totally. Just, in a professional yeah. environment, you do not touch anyone other than a handshake. Yeah. Like, that's just, you don't make off-color jokes. I was home in Buffalo last night. I'm from Buffalo, New York, and I, I have a client up there, so I was there for work, but I stayed at my mom and dad's house, and my dad, who is, you know, in his late 60s, is having some trouble with this, and so we were having an event at my mom and dad's house, and it was a it was mostly women. I went to an all-girls all high school, so all, all sort of contemporaries of mine came over and he was saying hi to them all. And every time he was looking over to get my approval about how he was hugging these women, like, where are your, and he was saying like, where are your arms? Where, you know, and I, you know, he's all in his head in this crazy way, which I is, I think it's good. He spent his whole entire adult life, not worrying one bit about whether or not he was making women uncomfortable. And I don't think my dad ever, I mean, he worked in a man's world. There weren't a lot of women around there or whatever, but I don't know. The pendulum swing, which we've talked a lot about is, is important. All right. So we've been talking all about the men, but the women that have been caught in the crosshairs of this experience of this news cycle. And, you know, um, we posted on the Facebook page a beautiful article written by Salma Hayek, who had been sort of swallowing and biting, God. like just living through all the Harvey Weinstein stuff. And, and, and she beautifully said that men did it because they had the space to and women are speaking out because they can. And I think that that is a really important thing. But Politico wrote an article about a former staffer, communications director of Congressman Barthold, and about how she, he was inappropriate to her. She called him out and he fired her. And not only did he fire her, she got blackballed. And he said, if you tell anybody, I will make sure you never work in this town again. And she never worked in 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 this town town again. again. I feel like somebody should come out and hire that woman. (laughs) From all the Like in good faith. Like, come on. Like, Some of like something good could come from all of the awfulness that is occurring right now. And she's tried and it's just not it's it sucks that that happens. And on the other side, I mean, I know nothing about that woman. I have no idea if she was good. I have no idea what her skill set is. No idea. 
I mean, she made it to the, being the com- communications director for a congressperson. Right. So you just have Seen, to climb a ladder to make right, that happen. Right. So she's got to be good-ish. Right. And who knows? Maybe she would have stayed in D.C. and had a really big career and done incredibly good work for the Republicans. But she's, you know, she said in the article, she's like, never going to, you know, she gave up her dream, never going to come back to this town. I'm, this would yeah. be a great move for Republicans <laughs> to actually take one step forward. Come on, Republicans. You need a good move here. Right. <laughs> I may have a conversation with people <laughs> yeah. about this. Of course, if they do it, it everybody's going to say they're playing politics. But just in good faith, they yeah. should do something like or that. Or they're writing a wrong. I think there's some space. It feels like you're, right now you're either political or you're authentic. You know what I mean? You don't. You're on either sides of these imaginary spectrums. Right, and nobody's yeah. nobody's walking that And so gray what's line. the idea about making a decision to right some wrongs, to, to you know, if, you, if you've been, you're experiencing this thing over, right now, you're, it's only been a short amount of time since the shitstorm has started, but people are being sort of thoughtful about decades of, of potentially awful situations for women. And this, this woman, Lauren Green, I think is her name, yeah, she's not, I mean, she's one of, what thousands? Right. Which, I mean, that is and heavy. what was the settlement? There it was, was no. Eight, she was pre-settlement, I think. No, she settled. She got eighty-four thousand dollars. Oh, was that the same woman? Yes. Oh, well, got, which is nothing. She, correct. Probably got taxed. <laughs> probably got forty percent tax on bonus payment or something. But eighty-four thousand dollars is enough. That what happened was not good. Correct. Like you don't. I don't. And I most certainly think that there are oftentimes settlements. Because people just don't want to have to deal with it. Totally. But when there are settlements like that, those are like ten or fifteen or twenty thousand. I mean, I feel like eighty-four thousand dollars is a lot. Yeah, which makes you think. And I don't have any of the details of Congressman Hastings yet. Hopefully, by the next time we record. But that was two hundred and twenty thousand dollars. And actually, we were looking into it. Me and my colleague Julie were looking into it, and it comes from some other pot of money. It wasn't the same. Like the eighty-four and the two twenty did not come from the same pot of money. See, what is that? So it's some sketchy shit. Yeah, some really sketchy shit. I feel like women should all get together. Women in Congress and women in Senate, all like few of them, um, should get together and actually revamp the Office of Compliance. Because they don't have enough enough shit to do. They do. But this this could be the first step in doing something awesome. Like, let's set up a process. Let's set up a thing. The problem with that, and, and, uh, you know, we try really hard to keep partisan politics out of this podcast because Tracy and I want to continue to be friends. But... um, Oh, I there, still love There you. would be so much pushback from the Republican leadership if a whole bunch of women got together and said, we're going to expose a whole bunch of shit and redo something that's not only going to expose a whole bunch of shit, but it's also going to, like, hold your feet to the fire in a way that's not litigated in the press. Like, there's going to be an actual – so it's like it's like Senator Gillibrand's Me Too legislation that sets up a training and reporting – a harassment training and reporting system, which we've never had right. in the United States government. It's just like that people push back on the Me Too legislation. And that's just like amping it up by saying there's going to be honest and, and it's goodness just partisan. Yeah. So, well, it seems like it's partisan. But right now, Republicans hold all the power. Right. So so let's say it's run by women and, and they include men in it to help define it. I mean, would you rather actually be tried in a court of law than tried in the press? Well, can't avoid the press. It's going to be everything. But, but, my, yeah. but my point, yes, yeah. No, I mean, but not, not, if you're, actually... not if you're the one of the douchiest douche hats well, that them. hasn't been as exposed yet. Yeah, you know? fuck them. There's got to be get... a whole – I mean, you. it's sort of the buzz is that there's all these journalists, CNN, Washington Post, that they have a running list of the people they're going to expose, the members they're going to expose. It's up to 50. Ooh. Right? It's going to be 
like the second coming. I mean, totally it's yeah, it's gonna and oh fuck you with the swaying democratic. <laughs> I mean, did we talk about? I don't think we talked about the Schumer you gotcha thing last oh, time God. around. Well, we have that. So, We're going to talk about that today. Yeah. Are we going to do? We want to just roll right into sure. that. Sure. I mean, okay. the Schumer you gotcha moment. So for the listeners, this crazy thing happened this past week. What happened? This was rare, really. I'm going to sleep all weekend long. I'm not going to open my eyes one time. Sorry, kids. Thank God for um, substance abuse. Yeah. <laughs> um, there. There was a story, this like a fake legal document that was written to try to imp- to try to say that Senator Schumer had acted inappropriately towards a woman, and it was always it was even like apparently the way it was designed looked like a legal document, and it was sent to it, it, it replicated the document, it replicated the um, the harassment document against one of the other congressmen. I can't <laughs> one, remember now. One of the ones. It was one of it. It was, it was Conyers very, or probably another. It was Conyers. Conyers it, yeah. was to, it was made yeah. to represent the Conyers document. And so uh, it was sent to Washington Post, CNN, BuzzFeed, The New Yorker, and ABC. And all of those outlets inquired about the document because it was like something seemed fishy about it. And the biggest thing, I guess the biggest tell was in the complaint, there was, an attor- there was no attorney's name listed in the document to represent the, the complainant, the complaint, the assault, the accuser, right. whatever that person is. And, and, the, and the press did due diligence. And it turns out it was a, a hoax. But what talk about politicizing a moment. What the fuck? And it's the second one from the conservatives. Okay. What? First off, you can't say conservatives. The fucking alt right group is not conservatives. They call themselves conservatives, I, but they're not. They're freaking Nazis. And Charles Johnson, who is a member, who was a part of this, has on his freaking Twitter account, "I am a fake ass journalist and general piece of shit." <laughs> oh my you cannot like... call that guy a conservative any more than you can call James O'Keefe from Project Veritas, the total Breitbart guys, conservative. Like it's not the same. So, be, I mean, for better that or for fucking worse, for better or for worse, we are a two-party system. And so you either fall down on the left side or the right side in these so things. So you think... Not, uh, not right like doing the right thing. Like, right like So you think uh, Antifa is liberal? But we get called out all the time that they're part of the Democratic Party. But that's my... But that you shouldn't. But we because, do because we live in a two-party system. So when somebody says that there are... But today we're not play- going to do that. We're not going to do that today. We're going to be better <laughs> because if somebody isn't better, it's going to be a shit show forever. So Antifa is not your is not your bag of shit to have to carry and alt-right is not my bag of shit to have to carry. Like, not, not Kelly and Tracy's bag of shit for sure, but... In the in if if somebody is trying to take advantage of the shitstorm moment, which they are, and those people are in the alt far 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 corners of your party, then even if we're if they're not your bag of shit to carry, they're still going to try to corner and dupe and get. Uh, like Chuck Schumer's not Antifa; he's just Democrat. A lot of people think he's a real liberal Democrat, but he's certainly not a a, a fascist or a communist. Correct. So. That is part of the deal here. And not that I blame Republicans like my girlfriend Tracy or my father or all the other fucking Republicans I like in this world. Why Actually, is it it's fucking not Republic- that many. Why you got to say fucking Republicans? It's just they roll off the tongue so nicely. <laughs> I don't even know how to say Republican without Nazi saying Republican, fucking Republican. So right. The amount that. of people that have called me Antifa fill in a terrible world, word, Antifa True, whore, but you look great Antifa in that jacket. slut. I get all that. But so anyway, there has That's to be okay. some measurement to 
what where are the the sort of weaknesses in this movement the culturing the cultural tipping points staying in a place for good and not allowing whatever all the shit bags and with their I think we have to just continue to call things out as we see them yeah and, to whom? and this is to, each to other, everybody to, to everybody to, to everybody like when you're talking to your friends I mean yeah all of that makes a difference. I mean, you and I talk all the time. You change yeah. my opinion. Occasionally, I feel like I change yours. I think I, mean, I did just earlier say that right? I flip flopped awesome. on something. I feel so special. <laughs> I'm supposed to be the person, the professional persuader in this in this team. Um, so that I mean, yes, okay. Well, let's just hope that your shit bags stopped fucking with my good Dems. Okay, so they're not my shit bags. They're the Republican shit bags. No, they're not even. Like, but they uh, are. even even the Rep- I mean, do you really think that at any point Paul Ryan's going to be like those guys are great? No, but if so. if they can get Paul Ryan some votes, they're Donald Trump's shitbags for sure. There's Bannon shitbags. I have more. I have higher hopes. I have higher hopes for Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell. Um, Mitch McConnell was not on board with Roy Moore. You know, I mean, but the RNC was. I mean, it's hard. It's not these, very all different. These lines get it wasn't spliced. the NRCC or the, NR, the NRSC wasn't. Can you imagine if I was trying to splice those lines between the DNC and other committees for the Democrats? It sort of feels like different rules apply. But now we're getting really inside it baseball does, right. here. And we actually have something good to talk about, which we have inside. We've been holding it off. But Wednesday was officially Doug Jones Day. Yay! Yay! I mean, we were watching the returns. Sort of. I was at home watching the returns. On the New York Times, and for those of you guys that did that, there's this little awesome. this little tool with the needle that says like, "We think he's gonna win. We think he's gonna lose. We think he's gonna win." And it's like maddening and fantastic all at the same time. And then it just, it was just amazing that the way it all played out, and that it really was Alabama saying, "We are not going to be the state that sends a pedophile to to the to the United States Senate." So here's the awesome thing about it: um, Democratic turnout was 92 percent of what Clinton got. Mm-hmm. Republican turnout was 49% of what Trump got. Yeah. So when we're talking about these statistics in the Alabama election, they're all based on the voting population and not just the population of, of residents okay. in Alabama. It's the people that actually it's the people that got Not out. even registered, not even just registered voters. It's based off the people that actually showed up to the polls. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's not... Trumpers stayed home. Trumpers, not Trumpers, Republicans. Quality Republicans stayed home <laughs> because they're not going to vote for a pedophile. There were still 50 percent of people that came out and voted for Roy Moore. No, like something like 83 percent of white women voted for Roy Moore. It was a real bummer. I, I mean, don't... it was I mean, thank you, women of color, and men of color in the state of yeah. Alabama, because you really you really turned this out for us. And it was amazing. Ninety eight percent of women of color went for Doug Jones. That is awesome. Yeah. Ninety six. Fifty nine percent of white educated people went for Roy Moore. Eeks. But here's the interesting Most thing about it. tax cuts. Those educated people also only believe that the earth is 5,000 years old. So I don't really know. Like, What's, we, what's the feel, standard for educated? I feel educated. like we need to define what educated yeah. means, which I also uh, want to go back now that we're bringing this up and apologize to all evangelicals. Again? You've already apologized to me. I feel like, like I need to apologize. I know, but I feel really bad because I met, uh, I found you out a, good a, one? a woman that, that, that I, I greatly respect last week informed me that she was evangelical. And I was like, no, you're not. She's like, I am evangelical. And I now feel a little bit like a shitbag because I think that there are different Like Nazi shitbag or some I, other kind of shitbag? I don't know. I just feel, I, I don't. 
I'd like to think that I, I try to walk a line where I can see gray and, and I always want to see the good in people and sort of understand people's positions on politics and whatever. And Who what are you be. and what did you do with Tracy Dietz? I clearly have not had enough alcohol <laughs> today. But, um, but, but she sort of said, like, that's we don't believe this, we don't believe that. And, and so I, I take it back. Now, for the evangelicals that believe that the earth is 5,000 years old and think that it's okay to touch children, fuck you. Yeah, who were more likely to vote for Roy Moore yeah. after it came out that he was a ch- child molester. Yes. yes. And yay for African Americans for yeah, turning out. so amazing. Awesome. And it was all the, it was organizing. It was about people realizing that elections and democracy matter, that there are actual outcomes and good reasons to be engaged in this process. So- There's a lot of conversation happening about whether or not it says something about what is going to happen in 2018. Is it the beginning of a wave for Democrats? Is it a referendum on President Trump? Or is it a unique scenario because Roy Moore was a particular kind of terrible, awful predator? So here's here's my take on this. And and, hard. And I'm sure you can't say fucked hard. Just keep talking. It's Roy Moore. (laughs) You can't say it. Just keep talking. It's Roy Moore. Uh, so uh, here's what's interesting when African-Americans turn out to the polls. African-Americans are very, very strong on family values. And and listen, I am a white chick from North Carolina. So so I am completely aware that I have absolutely no, what it's, no idea what it's like to be black in this country or what it's like to be a black woman. So I want to state that this is just my white opinion. Okay. No privilege here. No privilege. So, uh, so I feel like African Americans tend to be very conservative in their in their traditional family value beliefs. And if you go back to two thousand and eight, and you look at the massive amount of African Americans that voted in California, completely shot down. What was the proposition? The gay marriage proposition in two thousand and eight. Oh, got destroyed. Mm-hmm. African Americans turned out in drones. They're like, yeah, no, we're we're more traditional like that. So I think. That absolutely, the fact that Roy Moore was a pedophile not only helped bring Democrats to the polls, helped bring African-Americans was to the polls because they were to so horrible that, to just be like, that voting fuck population. that guy yeah. and the piece of shitness. So the crazy thing is, like, Roy Moore, like I said, a particular kind of terrible, but he, there's going to be other almost equally terrible people running in 18, the sort of Steve Bannon ticket I, I don't disagree. Candidate. couple so, other things to think about. So we like to think that when there's a big scandal, one side or the other will turn out and and, and fight against the other side. But 50 percent of Republicans or 50. So Alabama still went 49 and a half percent for Roy, Roy Moore, Moore, despite yeah, the scandal. Totally. In 2000 and no, I'm sorry, 1998. You remember the Clinton scandal with Monica Lewinsky? I do. They took back the House. Yeah. Like they they. They grew a ton of votes, despite the massive Democratic scandal that was going on at yeah. the time. Um, so I am not. It doesn't happen in a vacuum, right? I yeah. don't think all of these things are definitely going to definitely mean that next year Democrats are going to yeah. crush everywhere. I mean, I do think the Democrats are really working on turnout. Turnout was crazy low in the 16 presidential election, and so that I do think that people can be at least on the Democratic side can be mobilized as a result of these dire circumstances, sure. like like Romar. Yeah. Before we start our next topic, let's talk about our community pork cork board. Did I just say pork board? <laughs> Which would be totally a particular, pork board. A particularly okay. funny part. I am That's clearly, the kind of board you like, a pork board. I am so hungry I right now. I just want some pork belly. 
We are up and live and ready to help women help each other because that's what's really going to make all of the difference in politics for sure. So we are excited to hear from you. I had We have a good start with my badass girlfriend, Casey, who um, is a big wig in international development and says she wants to be on there and help all you future badass diplomats. So if you want to join that crew of either women who feel like they're in a position to help younger women or younger women that are just looking for a little advice or guidance, all you have to do is send us an email or a Facebook message. The email address is dameitall at myjunto.com. That's M-Y-J-U-N-T-O dot com. And you can message us on Facebook as well. So we do a lot, obviously, a lot of talking about women and what happens to us here in the political world. But it turns out it's not the only space that women have a little bit of a hard time and don't have the opportunity. And if they did have the opportunity, it could be beneficial for everybody. So we're going to spend a little bit of time today at least introducing a topic about women in the in the corporate world, in the, in the real world. So, you know, as I did a little bit of thinking and reading about it, you know, I, it c- comes to find out that only 17 percent of Fortune 500 board members are women. And um, and women. So there's a problem. Women are not promoted at the same at the same um, pace as men are promoted, which means women are not in positions of leadership as a result of that promotion. So the women are 15 percent less likely than men to get promoted. And so it's going to be hard to reach gender parity in those big, big time offices in any time soon, which feels super depressing. So I want to jump in here. So I have a friend. I always feel weird talking about my friends on the podcast because they listen to it and, and I don't want to call them out my name or, or say anything specific about, about what they do. But um, she was talking about how she is crushing it at her company, like just freaking killing it. And everybody loves her and everybody wants her on the team because she's helping with everything and they're all making more money because of her involvement. And she has another friend that has been promoted and, and because the other friend is a self-promoter mm-hmm. and they do things that... Promoted above her. This other person was promoted before her. Yeah, or, in, or just yeah. in not necessarily in the same realm, but mm-hmm. like in a different in a different department, but promoted mm-hmm. like just one level up. And she's not one of those people that will walk in and be like, "Listen, the reason that we are successful is because I have done X, Y, and Z." And it's because it's, do you think it's because women just have this? We're not bred to boast. Maybe I. I I, f- I feel like I only do those things when I get backed into a corner. Yeah. And then I, then it's like, fuck all of you. Yeah. I have done X, Y, and Z, and this is why we're where we are. I think for me it's this confidence thing. I think it's because, well, I've always – I've never worked in a big organization. So advancement has always been sort of so, so slow and so organic that there was never a moment for self-promotion because there were no promotions to be had, right. you know. If I wanted to be a bigger deal, I would have to make the position for me to be a bigger deal myself, which sort of questions your abilities on every level. It's like your confidence of being able to do the content, but it's also your confidence in being an outward-facing representative of yourself and of your company. Right. And I think that women really like to get in there and do a good job and know they are doing the right thing and a good job before, you know, it's very methodical, whereas a man maybe skips a couple of those steps in between. If a position becomes available, they're like, well, whatever, I don't really need to have the proof that I could do it. I'm just going to throw my, my you know, name in the hat and see if see if I can get that. And I, I wonder if that's nature or nurture. So that I have, <laughs> I'm not, I, I, I don't know. Uh, 
I wish I, I wish I, I wish I, there was like some major study that, that talked about how women and men are different. There there's, probably you is. know, there's 1.7 billion of them. I mean, yeah, but psychologists have been are, studying the difference between men and women like as long as we've of existed. Of course, but there are none yeah. that are really that great on what, like, I, so I read an article the other day that talked about, here are the reasons why women don't get promoted. And it was, it was a bunch of dumb shit, like, uh, <laughs> Some of it feels really leave. obvious. Yeah. Oh, but maternity leave. Fuck so yourself. There's a common what? misconception that women who start families are less ambitious in their careers. But mothers, in, so this was a survey of McKinsey, the management consulting firm partnered with an organization called Lean In to do this big study of all these women that, you know, hungry, ambitious women that work. And so they said that that, that mothers were 15 percent more interested in being a top executive than women without children. And I think that's because when you're a mother and any path is a is a fine path to choose in life. I just want to, you know, I'm a Democrat, so I just want to make sure everybody feels included in this conversation. But I, I think that when you. you're a mother... You're so all over the place that you are incredibly pointed in your decisions at work and there's time management. Like, I'm a terribly unorganized person. I'm like the least organized person I know. But when you have kids, like, somebody has to pick them up from school. Right. Somebody has to feed them food. Or they will die. Somebody needs to shop for clothes for them, you know? Right. And I have an awesome partner in my husband who does a lot of that. But so when I'm at the office, I'm very... I'm very pointed in the decisions about the, the way I spend my time. But imagine if you didn't have an awesome partner and an awesome husband. Ugh, I know. You, how, how, do, how, how do you do balance you do that? that? You work and, Single and so, working mothers, like they should. So, yeah, so women that take, there are a lot of women that have taken a year off. They have a baby, they take a year off. That's a year of work that you've lost. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're not. Wanting to, you're not ambitious. You're, it's just you're behind the curve. Now you're a year behind yeah. this other guy. But I think, so one of the interesting things, men are Typically, so men think they're great. I mean, just talk to a guy. Like they're always men are always just number one. Like I'm number one. I don't understand why I wouldn't be number one. And and I think women are taught to constantly. Not all men. Mo- most of the men Tracy knows. No, but I think men tend to be more confident. Take out. Everybody that has recently been accused of yeah. sexual because none of them are confident. They're all insecure. They're probably so. still fucking confident, which makes me want to. So. You don't think so? No. I bet if I walked Wait. into a room with eighty-eight-year-old okay. Congressman Conyers, he would still try to have sex with me. That would be. I would love to see that because I'd love to just see what you do to him. Right. Th- so the article. Al Franken isn't confident anymore. He just he's pissed off. He got caught. I'm derailing this conversation. But the article, the Garden of Dicks article that was in Newsweek yeah, with the penis, the balloon, the balloon popping, yeah. fucking awful. There was a there was a section about humiliation, and it, it it was specifically about the guys that were just whipping it out and jerking off in front of women. And who does that? Because you've probably had a ton of your dude friends say like. Who freaking thinks it's a good idea? I know, like, like all of them. Why would all you go them. pull your penis yeah. out and jerk off in yeah. front of a woman? I have, is, I have my own story. What is it about? Everyone says, what is that about? And I'm like, I don't have a penis. I do not know. In this article, it talks, and they, they, they interviewed psychologists, it talks about sexual humiliation and their insecurities and how humiliate a woman, humiliating a woman and humiliating themselves gave them some kind of high in their insecurity by whipping it out and jerking off. It gave them a, a sense of power. I wonder if there's going to be an uptick in people going into therapy as a profession. <laughs> sort of feels like like Louis C.K. would maybe still be a relevant person if he just had a good shrink. Who was like, there's other ways to execute your need for humiliation. Like, maybe be a clown at a kid's party, but keep your penis in your pants. Like, I think that there is... 
being a con- but he probably just would go to a kids party. Oh, gross! I knew you were going to go there. Don't. It's not going to be. No, no. I mean, I, I shouldn't know. have said kids party. I have no idea. Like what? What? I find sexual humiliation far more offensive than some of the other things that are coming like, out, like the ass slapping like, or like, or like hey. heavy overtures about would you ever cheat on your boyfriend? Right. Like, but but the actual sexual humiliation of like shoving a penthouse in front of a woman that works in the office and, and all sort of laughing around and being like, is this pornography? Like, is this offensive to you? Like, that is very disturbing to me. I wonder, and, isn't it all sort of a, an offshoot of the need to humiliate or the need to humiliate somebody I don't really understand the need to humiliate yourself but then the, the feeling of the need to humiliate somebody else is all a power play right if that person feels humiliated and at the at the hands of my doing then somehow I am in this crazy position of power which is the same thing about you know congressman Cahuan and his the you mean allegations the women are now in a position of power no that that men do it because of because it offers them a feeling of powerfulness Absolutely. that they that they oh, seek out at such a higher level than women need. These women has, don't need to feel powerful, I don't think. I think women want to be powerful, but do we need to feel powerful? Oh, I think I do a little bit. You do? I think I do, but not in a, like I don't know that I would ever sexually humiliate somebody. I wouldn't I'd even like know to how to sexually humiliate somebody. So if it was like Kelly, go into a bar and sexually <laughs> humiliate somebody, I'd be like. I don't know how to do that. It would be like, like well, the time I told, that the guy, back. I told that guy he had nice pants, and he was like, ooh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Humiliation like fell. It's not, yeah. it's it's not, not the same. We just yeah. got really loud, and our producer is like having a fit right now. <laughs> yeah, so I think that obviously we're this is this conversation has been slightly rambling, but, but I think this that's is good. it's all really tied into each other. It is. Because I think in both po- in both politics and the corporate space, there is always some sort of internal navigation to climbing a ladder, right? And the navigation will always require interactions with a man who is your senior. Like there are, as far as I know, there are no all big deal companies where all the senior leadership positions are held by women. I don't like know. Maybe Spanx. I think that there are some that might be. We should look into that because if you were coming up and you were Kellyanne Conway's company, the polling company was all women. It's all run by women. I know you hate Kellyanne. Oh my God, she hates women. She hates she women. She doesn't. That, or she just hates her. Or she only she prioritizes. That woman did more for me when I was twenty four years old than any person in Washington D.C. Well, but, well right okay. now, right now, she prioritizes her own success over standing up for American women. Or the success of her of her president, she's prioritizing climbing and po- and politics over women, and that's just really clear with how she's come out as, so, as a response so to all this shit. So here's a question: She though. doesn't believe any of Trump's accusers. She's on the record being like, she's actively saying that they can find a person to count to contradict every single person that's come out against. Is that Trump. actually accurate? It, that there's a person to contradict? No. One of the things happened in the elevator where there was like three people. You know exactly who was in that elevator. The woman who was on Megyn Kelly today. Who's going to say that it didn't happen? It was like Donald Trump, his bodyguard. There's fucking cameras in the elevator. You know what I mean? Like it's so why don't super they just, ridiculous. Why don't they just I'm sure. Tr- I mean, I'm sure Trump has control of the cameras because sure. it's his building yeah. and his name's on there. And he's the president of the United States of America. And he really doesn't want it to be known that he's a predator. Yeah. I, I know. It's, it's hard for me to not... 
I think it's important to it's defend hard for women that have helped you. But I think yeah. now more than ever, yeah, it's a good thing to help one or two women along the way. But women have to be better than that. We have to be a sisterhood. Do we? Yes. Do we? I don't Do know. We? we we talked about this last week. You you were or a couple weeks ago. You were like, "Is it my responsibility?" Yeah. Do we have a responsibility to basically save the world? And as a Democrat, just I think for the women. But I think people are exploring what a world looks like where men don't hold the power. Oh, I don't mm. know what that looks like. I think it looks to me. It looks good. It looks good to you. Yeah. I don't know. But think about the fact that you've said a n- woman has never helped you. So what does that world look like? I did not like? say a woman has never helped me. Get your facts straight, Tracy Dietz. What did you say? I said that I wouldn't be where I was if I didn't receive help from a man. But that does not mean women haven't helped me. I'm just saying I couldn't have done it with women alone. Plenty of women have been, including our dear consultant friend, Liz Chatterton, who's an amazing mentor of mine. Yeah. Women have been really solid. But if I had only relied on those women, I don't think I'd be where I was. I wonder what what it looks like if women just rule the world. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's like you get like procreation gets in the way. You got to have babies. Oh, did you see that thing? Paul Ryan. (laughs) Paul Ryan apparently said, I did my part, but we need to make more babies in this country. Our birth rates are low or something, which the feminist crews are being like, women are, you know, women are more than just baby makers. Which is a confusing point. Yeah. I, why, why is it bad that we're promoting procreation? I, I don't know. I, women are more than baby makers, but yes. you kind of need a woman to make a baby. We do. You can't do it. Like they, they're not, you can't be incubated just for the hell of it. Yeah, really, like biology, all things come back to like just the birds and the bees. I mean, it is, which is why earlier in the podcast I mentioned nurture. Are, like, are birth rates really down? I don't know. Uh, we'll look it up for next time. I can't really, I don't really want to make pretend up those facts, but. I don't either, but I would be curious if that is. is yeah, I mean, I think the women are working in more, at more numbers. And I think people are, are family more, planning more. Right. Yeah, to be like, I, there's not a lot of just like, God all that puts free, a baby in my womb. It's all that free birth control. Yeah, I mean, there are still serious Catholics. Yeah, all the free birth control. <laughs> Let's just keep shutting down all the Planned Parenthoods, and then there'll be more babies, unwanted babies that the government will have to pay for, but they're cutting social services. Which so is ridiculous. So that's not going to happen. So now there's just going to be no poor sense. people with tons of babies. It's not – yeah, the future looks a little bleak to me right now. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be great because there's going to be a great tax cut. <laughs> a great tax cut. Oh, <laughs> Lord, Tracy Deeds. We're not, We're not talking about the policy. tax bill here. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody gets a tax cut and a gun in everybody's house. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, she tries so hard not to be a rowdy Republican, but at the end of the fucking day, you should see what Tracy's wearing today. She has rhinestone skulls that hang like three inches off her giant rhinestone earrings and a skull scarf and she's drinking red wine out of a pint glass and she's claiming she's not a Republican. It's all a moment. I have never claimed I'm moment. not a Republican. Yeah. Your Except shit bags are worse convenient. than my shit bags. That's they're, all right. <laughs> <laughs> the alt-right are not Republicans. Fuck those guys. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah, no, if I have to him. own the Bernie bros, you got to own the alt-right. All right. All right. All right. Well, that podcast was a little all over the place, but mostly we are excited to be coming to the end of the year, holiday time. The Republican probably say Merry Christmas, but I'm officially in the Happy Holidays column. I'm going to say Merry Christmas, <laughs> Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Mary Diwali, Happy <laughs> like Kwanzaa. It. Yeah. 
That's all good. of them. All of them. Um, and we have to tell you that this is the last podcast of 2017. I know. And I I'm sure I we're gonna have, have nothing to, say, to talk about in 2018. I know I have to say I'm pretty happy to see 2017 go, which is what I said about 2016, too. So yeah. one of these years I'm gonna have to find a way to not want the year to be done. Although I'm very happy that Tracy Dietz and I got to be even closer friends this year. And awesome. then we had the, you know, the awesome opportunity to make Dame it all to hell. So that's a really lovely thing about 2017. So I'm ready for 2017 to be over as well. Looking forward to moving into 2018. My my kids are, are going to be super excited about what Santa is going to bring them and that they are going to get a balance beam, a gymnastics bar, and a mat. Whose house is big enough to have a balance beam, a gymnastics bar, and a mat? Your, your giant Republican, mansion a in the big suburbs. Republican yep. in Jeez Northern Louise. Virginia. Uh, hopefully, I will not get injured attempting to do what I used to do on the balance beam. All of a sudden, I have this amazing picture in my head of Tracy Dietz hammered in her basement trying to do <laughs> cartwheels on her balance beam. I can do a cartwheel on a balance beam. I'm gonna I totally dare you to try. I'm gonna oh, my it. God. I'm going to text gonna your take, husband and tell him to videotape it for, video for the Facebook page. For the David L. Facebook page. I may even do a front handspring on the mat that they're getting from oh, Santa, but they can't Lordy. listen to this podcast. Not that they could listen to this podcast yeah. anyway, because like, not PSA, fucking appropriate. <laughs> nobody let your children listen to David all to hell. Anyway, yes. holidays are a special time. I hope you all have a wonderful time with all of your families. I hope you all drink too much. I hope you overeat too much. <laughs> and I hope that Santa is really awesome to all of you. If you believe in Santa. And if you don't, then you can celebrate whichever way you want. How do you not so fucking in, believe in Santa? If you're not Christian. If you don't believe in Christmas, you probably don't believe in Santa. Really? So, but uh, fair enough. Uh, Okay, fair enough. Because Hanukkah, but Hanukkah, you get presents. You do, but just Santa Claus doesn't bring them. That's right. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, So I hope that the person that shows up and brings you gifts is really good to you. Usually it's whoever dad. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we will not be here for a couple weeks, but we will still be on Facebook and we'll be posting things. We are taking a break from telling you about the terrible men, but my guess is the terrible men are not going to be taking a break from being terrible. So we will keep you posted on the Facebook page. So check us out backslash Dame It All to Hell. Maybe everybody will be great over Christmas and there'll be no inappropriate stuff. A Christmas miracle. A Christmas miracle. I've actually been great (laughs) at holiday parties. I've had nothing horrible happen at a holiday party. Oh, except the one Facebook post, but we won't talk about that as we're Realistic. So, yeah, except for the lesbian fantasies. Yes. I mean, doesn't doesn't everybody have lesbian fantasies? <laughs> Just wrap us up. Tracy needs to wrap it up. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to Dame It All to Hell on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on Spotify now, so please be sure to check that out. Be sure to write us a review and give us a rating. Have a wonderful Thanks, everybody. Happy holidays. <laughs>